1: Before we begin, I'd like to acknowledge the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. It's their sacred land that we are broadcasting on right now. I pay my respects to the Gadigal elders past, present and emerging and acknowledge their strength, wisdom and creativity, uh, stories, song, experiences, knowledge. All of that has been shared on this land for over 65,000 years. FBI Radio is doing the same today and we're privileged to do that and it will continue to be a meeting place for a long, long time after us also want to acknowledge the significance of redfern uh where we broadcast this is the birthplace of black theater in this country and a place of resistance, resilience and refuge. You are listening to Race Matters here on FBI Radio 94.5. I'm Darren Lasagas.
0: And I'm Sada Khan.
1: How are you, Sada?
0: I'm so good. I'm so here to have here I'm so happy to be here with you.
1: You're <laughs> also here. Uh, and we got something pretty red hot to talk about today.
0: Yes, we do. We don't have any guests on today just because um, we felt like we just wanted to have a really deep and meaningful yarn about some current things, things that are currently happening in the climate, around people of colour and people that want to challenge that. So, you know, we've got to have our rebuttal on here too. And one thing that we want to talk about particularly is cancel culture. It's a form of boycotting, usually of a celebrity or person in the media, after they have made derogatory, offensive comments or an unpopular opinion. And there's many, many people that have been called out, yeah. held accountable for their actions, for the... Um, comments that they make
1: and the repercussions of that have been completely varied I feel like every case-by-case basis when you're looking at cancel culture the experience of the person being cancelled varies depending on you know what their creative output is what their fan base is like what their fan base is made of
0: so cancel culture is you know it could be kind of really, really great because where it starts from and what it's kind of meant for people of colour in terms of making sure that people are being held accountable for their problematic actions. But as a result, there are things that also get um, told back to that, which is political correctness. Mm. And so political correct- correctness can be kind of a way of gaslighting um you know, minorities and these communities that are trying to push for more authentic, thoughtful content.
1: Yeah, it's a super interesting idea and it's relatively new and nuanced in that I feel like social media has given rise to these sorts of conversations to exist in the first place. If you want to like crystallize it, for example, if you're a person of Asian descent, uh, a comedian makes a joke about your your ethnicity You say that it's offensive and then someone says, oh, that's political correctness gone too far. You shouldn't be offended. What does that mean for you? And uh, what does that mean for the comedian in turn? Um, And I feel like we could talk about this topic for hours. Uh, I've had conversations about this for like many times with many different people over many drinks. Uh, (laughs) But we are going to work through just a couple of case studies this afternoon. And uh, one interesting example is Taylor Swift. Mm -hmm. where to begin
0: so <laughs> the thing with Taylor Swift is um a kind of ignorance I guess or a willingness to understand her privilege mm. within the industry and that's what has often been called out towards her and this kind of um, negligence of where a lot of her craft is actually coming from black women mm. that's why everyone calls it like compares it to beyonce because a lot of the stuff is kind of taken from Beyonce mm. and so but the thing is is that like I don't think Taylor like Taylor Swift will never get cancelled because of what you said of her fan base mm. it's all relevant to the fan base but that doesn't mean that she can't be criticised she can't be held accountable because like if you're not being held accountable for your actions you will never ever learn and she is such a polarising figure Completely. like you either love her or you hate her she's like Kardashian and I think the thing <laughs> that, and that was the thing as well that really um, I think her image got a huge shot at it when Kim Kardashian, I can't believe we're talking about the Kardashians on Race writers <laughs> right now, but it's relevant. It's relevant. Um, when Kim Kardashian released that footage of her, um, you know, on the phone with Kanye West, when Kanye West released Famous and he had that line in there about her. Um, I think me and Taylor might still have sex. I made that bitch famous Mm. and so when that song initially came out and everyone the response to it was like oh listen to how he's speaking about taylor swift that's disgusting why won't he let down the vmas and that moment like let it go leave poor tay tay alone and then um you know he got all that backlash from it and then Kim Kardashian released the footage of her giving full approval for that line. Mm. And then, because she jumped on it, jumped on board on it. And and she didn't
1: speak out on that, didn't she? She didn't call out everyone saying, oh, I was actually okay with this line. Or did she do it later? No,
0: no, no. She, when the backlash came out about it, she jumped on that wagon and said, and said, oh my God, I can't believe he's still like talking about this to me. This is so disgusting as a Mm. woman. And then Kim Kardashian was like, what the hell? You approved these lyrics. So it was like like, how she um, played that, you know, poor white girl victim which she always does that's what people yeah. have a problem with her and her music is that it's that poor little white girl victim and how she paints the black man as this you know emotionless misogynistic hypersexual monster mm. yeah
1: Taylor's I feel like is one of those instances where it seems like she's this uh, person caught in this uh capitalist beast of a global megalomaniac music industry Mm. and that there must be multiple people probably men um pulling strings around her and the way that her image is being projected Um, i'm thinking about one of the first times that she was being seriously called into account was when she during the um uh, presidential campaign which ended in uh trump being elected i'll post that her not denouncing trump despite her politics seemingly, apparently, are being democratic, and a lot of people started getting on this um, kind of train of being like, call him out, call him out, do something, but... Her mass like a large portion of her fans are country are music, country music folk, Republicans and were Republicans yeah. and that's why she was willing to sacrifice apparently her um politics
0: and that is her privilege as a white woman is how you can pick and choose that side uh,
1: yeah and as- so
0: that's and it was another thing like just in terms of like that hypersexuality hypersexual image that's always cast out onto um black men and it's a very unfair image that's always cast out onto them by white women there's mm. a constant history of it you just have to look at the really traumatic and um, catastrophic outcomes that happens with Emmett Till and Lena Dunham was a massive perpetrator of that um, with Odell Beckham Jr., the sports star, Mm -hmm. and how she tweeted about him at the Met Gala in, I think it was 2016, Mm -hmm. and um, just made this gross assumption about him not wanting to have any sexual desire towards her and not speaking to her. He just sat on her phone, and she made this huge, gross um, assumption and, like, really kind of defamed his character in doing that, in masking him as, you know, oh, because, like, you know, I'm in a um, suit and I'm, you know, super ironic in that. He don't want to be with me. He just wants to be with a supermodel. And it's just so unfair. Like, it's that not understanding the power of your voice mm. and how it can affect people of color's image. And she, she's she's not being... I don't know. Like, I feel like she gets cancelled and then she shows up again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, this is kind of getting to the point of what we're talking about, which we'll get to later, but you can be cancelled and still be fine. Exactly. Uh, Taylor Swift, case in point. She's massively successful and only continuing to be more successful despite, you know, stepping stepping on, in her late, one of her latest videos, a bunch of queer people on the way to get to the top.
0: Oh, my God. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. It's just one thing after another, Tay-Tay. <laughs> when are you going to learn? But our, um, our main point with this is that, you know, calling things out and now kind of... We're going into this climate now of, you know, calling things out and meaning that you're being too politically correct, you're being soft, people can't have careers now because we're going to offend people on Twitter. And the whole point of this is that, you know, yes people can get called out and people can be held accountable and Twitter can be a vicious place for that. But they'd still make a money. Yeah. They're still in their careers. they still got look, a big space in the I industry. I know
1: I'm guilty for this. I know you are for a fact <laughs> too. But uh, artists like Ariana Grande, who've been called out uh, previously for, for um, you know, adopting Ebonics into the language, the way that they... Uh, you blackfish. Know, blackfish, their makeup. Uh, she uh, presents herself as black when mm-hmm. she's actually Italian-American. Yep. And yet, thank you, Next. You're still a bop. I like can't. what? You know, I like. I was you're singing like...
0: way to breathing earlier today. <laughs> I'm
1: so conflicted. Like, <laughs> it is a conflict, isn't it? Isn't it? Like Azealia Banks is another one who I know a lot of the a lot of people in oh, the she community needs to go. love Azealia Banks. She put on 212 in any gay club and people will go off. I know. And yet she's known one of her main identifiers is her homophobia.
0: Homophobia, <laughs> transphobia, yeah. racism as well. Just because she's black does not mean she cannot be racist. Um and her and fat phobia, she just fat shamed Lizzo really. grotesquely Mm -hmm. as well recently Um, that kind of when it goes into those toxic extremes and um, it's a a hard thing because you're like these people are making really terrible comments and that and you just make that like instinctive choice to not listen to them and not engage with them where it becomes a problem is when it's an abuse of power Mm. the thing with cancel culture as well that people don't understand when they try to demonize it as political correctness and people getting too soft and look at these millennials you know they too fussed about little itty bitty things now um, the things that they don't understand is that cancel culture stems from a very important place and it came from calling out sexual abuse in the entertainment industry and then all industries as a result it came from that Me Too movement and it kind of like in terms of people actually having serious repercussions for their actions and being called out, it came from that article revealing all of the gross um, abuse and harassment that Harvey Weinstein had inflicted in many people throughout his whole career and then everyone else deciding to not decide to finding their voices to call out all these other prominent figures Mm. that had, you know, so much power in the industry, and were derailing their careers for sexual favors. Mm. If you don't give me this, I will derail you. Roger Ailes, CEO of Fox News, was also um, very much so cancelled. Um, so it came from that people power, that people, mass of people, through social media, using that power to call these people out. There was another photographer as well. I can't remember his name, but he always he was he was a known sexual harasser. Terry something. Terry called, Richardson. Uh, Terry Richardson. He was known for having such grotesque behavior on set towards women and harassing them and abusing them. It was well known, but yeah. Vogue and everyone still kept high, Rolling Stone. I remember
1: um, people idolizing him when I was like a teenager, like 17 to like tw- when I was like 20, people were like, Terry Richardson's one of the best photographers in the world. I'm like, even if you just look at these photos, they look Like someone is being taken advantage of. Oh,
0: my gosh. Yes, 110%. Like they make me... They've always made me uncomfortable, his Mm. photographs. And so... But everyone kept hiring him still. And then it came as a result of this call-out culture of the Me Too movement of saying enough is enough. You cannot keep abusing your power to um, traumatise and ruin people's Mm. lives. And so Terry Richardson, finally, they decided to can him as a result which also by the way you do not get accolades for canning problematic people when you enabled their platform for years just talking about i'm not gonna go into it no i'll get myself (laughs) into trouble um (laughs) know your limits Sarah. know your (laughs) line (laughs) so that's where kind of cancel culture has stemmed from it stemmed from people saying enough is enough Mm. we want better behavior we deserve better behavior and then it's kind of grown into this other um era this other um forum of Comments that are being made around, you know, um, communities of people and groups of people that um, come from highly oppressed backgrounds.
1: Well, that's the thing, isn't it? It's going to this thing where there now is sort of like a spectrum or a scale of what you can be cancelled for, which Mm -hmm. is a weird way to put it, but it's true. Like for someone, say a newsreader offhandedly makes something that is slightly off or they refer to someone in a way that they shouldn't be referring to, um, uh, you know, something that can be deemed slightly racist. Does that person get held to the same uh, kind of standard as the Harvey Weinsteins? Exactly. Do they get absolutely... Destroyed on social media. And that's what they're scared of, isn't it?
0: That's what they're scared of. And I kind of, I look like I get that, but at the same time, like, I don't think that that. Happens, I think the people that are so, af- like, if you're afraid of being called out for your problematic behavior, then that means you have problematic behavior. That means that you probably have a lot of learning to do. But if you um, are willing to go and learn through that and understand mm. um, where that comes from, like, well, not where that comes from, understand um, why people are upset and you make a genuine apology back, people are generally very accepting. And also at the same time, like, yes, there is people power in social media, but there is a lot of, you know, terrible people that are still having huge public platforms and are still being paid millions of sums of money like you know so when they could say that there's this fear because Todd Phillips um the director of The Hangover and the New Joker film made some comments recently, saying that comedians are now being put out of a job because it is not safe to be funny anymore as a result of woke culture. And that's just not true. No, that's just not true at all. Who was it
1: that got three Netflix specials off the back of being culture uh, cancelled?
0: Yeah, Dave Dave Chappelle. (laughs) (laughs) Like, so like the cancel culture has a power, but to some extent, yeah. And I guess you know people also have to um, give. You know, that person that you're calling out for their problematic behavior, a chance to yeah. apologize, a chance to redeem themselves and understand their actions, because that does happen. That happened in... Um with Rihanna
1: yeah Rihanna made this um post about uh Paris Gobel who's a choreographer that she collaborates with and the caption was y'all are literally about to witness why this woman right here is my spirit animal god gifted genius and uh someone commented on it saying please stop using spirit animal unless you belong to one of the indigenous groups to which this concept belongs and then Rihanna responded you're so right it won't happen again
0: simple wow (laughs) wow oh my god Being a decent person and understanding why someone is upset and not gaslighting them for them is actually so easy. (laughs) Yeah,
1: We got a text in on 0409 945 945 saying, who's defining what problematic is? Seems like a blurry line.
0: See, that's another thing. Who's defining what problematic is? The people that are defining what problematic is are generally people of colour, people that come from a disenfranchised community that are saying, I don't want to be chastised for my identity. Mm. And that is totally fair. Problematic
1: exists where people in power are abusing it.
0: Yeah. Problematic
1: exists when people who are minorities are being oppressed.
0: Yeah, exactly. And
1: there's language that exists uh, that oppresses them and that's the language that's problematic.
0: And the thing is as well, like when people are calling out this kind of um, behaviour, it's coming from a place where audiences are different now. Audiences are craving more authentic, better representation and more thoughtful content. So it's coming from a place where it's, trying to force prop like change that is going to benefit everyone because you have to understand that like a lot of the young people that are coming through the ranks now are engaging in content. That is a lot more thoughtful in terms of what's on Netflix and the representation of people of color on those shows. It's not like the nineties where you, you know, had consistent homophobic and misogynistic jokes through shows like, you know, Frasier and friends mm. and, you know, all of the rom coms that were coming out of time. Like I watched she's all that the other day and Oh my goodness, that is a terrible, <laughs> like, that is a really not a good film. <laughs> <laughs> like so many terrible um, messages throughout that whole film. Yeah. Um, and we're in an age now where it's just the audiences just want better. And a lot of people of colour are saying we are we have a platform, we deserve a um, space in this industry as well, mm. and we deserve to have self-determination of that space.
1: Yeah, for people that uh, uh, combat... Um, cancel culture with this idea that it's political correctness gone mad. When you say it's okay for figures in the media to make racist, homophobic, misogynistic remarks, uh, you're telling a closeted kid within earshot of what you're saying uh, to go back into the closet. You're telling a man that it's okay to catcall a woman on the street. Mm. Um, You're telling someone uh, that it was okay to vote no in the national plebiscite on gay marriage. Mm. And the question is, like, should we hold public figures to a higher moral standard... I say, hold your damn self to a higher moral standard. Like, it's not that hard. And if it is, then work at it, because, you know, it can be hard. Yeah. And, um, you know, like, politics is a lens through which we view and express our prejudices. But if you have power, and this speaks to what is and isn't problematic, and if you have influence, you should know that your prejudices get uh, projected to more people than normal. That gives what you say more chances to be heard by people who wouldn't normally hear what you say.
0: Exactly. And if you are in a position of power with a high public platform, public profile as well, sorry, then the things that you say should be held into account because you are influencing stereotypes, you are influencing narratives around people and you're creating a norm. And what people, what the masses are saying is that we want a new norm. Mm -hmm. We want a new norm. We want... um, more thoughtfulness around the dialogues around us. Mainly, we just want self-determination <laughs> yes. of our narratives. But everyone can be held accountable. Gina Rodriguez, you know, she's a um, Latina woman that was um, called out for constantly using the N-word, not her space to use the N-word. And, you know, just. like... And we're not just saying that, like, you know, people of colour can't be held accountable as well. Like, everyone should be held accountable to become more thoughtful in their delivery and their thinking and their rhetoric. I don't understand why that's a bad thing. Why would you want to be lazy and referring to people of colour in disenfranchised communities?
1: As I said before, we could talk about this topic for a very long time, (laughs) but we are out of time. I'm Darren Lasagas. And
0: I'm Sada Khan. This has
1: been Race Matters on FBI Radio 94.5. And uh, you can listen back uh, to this uh, wherever you get your podcasts and fbiradio.com also. Uh, But until next week, we'll uh, catch you very soon. Yeah, bye. bye. Race
0: Matters. Race
1: Matters. Race Matters. Race Matters. Race Matters. Race Matters. Race Matters. Race Matters.